Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Welcome back to the kitchen table. I'm so glad you're here. I have a question for you today. How many of you have a child who you love dearly, who struggles with their emotions? Maybe they um, can really quickly get angry or really quickly get sad or really quickly become incredibly happy and overwhelmed with excitement and they burst forth with joy or laughter and then it swings back and you know in the next few minutes or the next hour they're going to be in a puddle of tears over something. How many of us feel like we parent on a string and we're just swinging from emotion to emotion with our child? And I know for me, that is very true. I have parented several, what I call highly emotional children. And what I'm, what I mean by this is there, there's emotion and then there's like roller coaster emotion where you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach when you're going to, when you know, you're going to have to disappoint them because you know, it's going to be a bigger deal than maybe it should be. Or you know that their anger is going to go full throttle at the, you, you know, you just can pre- almost predict it. And, and so it's a, it's a hard space to parent in, isn't it? It's so hard, especially if you are more like me. I am, uh, I, I, I'm emotional, but I don't, I don't swing through emotions a whole lot. Um, I'm an Enneagram seven. I feel like that explains it a little bit, but I don't really embrace the Enneagram a whole lot, but, um, I don't swing through all of my emotions and I don't really enjoy swinging through somebody else's emotions. (laughs) So, um, when I've been parenting my children that are highly emotional, I needed to have a place where I could communicate with them. And there's a word picture that I want to share with you today that I believe um, allows me to communicate with my emotional child in the moments where they're very emotional. With grace, I can speak words of life over them. I don't need to say, you're always crying or you're always angry. Like, I don't need to say all that. And instead, I can speak words of life and give them a vision for where they're going and help them understand who God is and how he made them. And so we're going to talk about that today. If you missed last week's podcast, I want to encourage you. You may not have the highly emotional child that was this week's, 
but you may have the fearful child because we talked about how do we parent that child last week? What kind of a word picture, what kind of language do we speak in with a child like that, that communicates really well, um, without layering shame, condemnation, um, or any kind of performance mandates on them. And so we talked about fear last week and this week we're talking about emotions and sometimes they go hand in hand. It might be the same child, but, um, as a little backstory, I was a highly emotional child and my, um, parents, I'm sure just, you know, shook their head and laid in bed at night probably and wondered what they should do with me. But, um, I would swing through emotions and, uh, especially anger. I swung a lot into anger. I was quick to be angry with my sister. And so, um, my dad took me out to breakfast and he shared the beginning of this word picture that I'm going to share with you today. And I was probably eight, maybe seven at the time. Cause I remember, I remember my grade in school. And so let, let me help you understand this word picture was so life giving to me that for 40 years, it has been a place, a thing that I return to, to check where I am in my emotions. So I hope I do it justice. I hope I share it well today so that maybe it could be a tool that you use with your children. I still use it with my teen and adult children in conversation because it's become part of our language. So I don't need to go through the whole rigmarole of it. It's become part of our language. I have heard uh, some, uh, some of my kids saying it to other kids. Like as a, as a reminder, because it is a gentle reminder without there being the layers of condemnation and shame. So let's begin. When we have a child who is very emotional, we want to help and we want to understand a long-term vision of that child before we engage with that child, right? And we want to put it inside of the gospel perspective, the gospel lens, And we want to make this really practical. We're trying to bring gospel truths into the practical space of mothering an emotional child by giving them anchors in the word, truth they can hang their life on that will never change. And that is for them. So we talk in our home about having an emotional cup. We just use that terminology. We've used it with my kids since they're very, very young and children understand it. They understand a cup. And so our kids can have very full emotional cups, which means that they burst out with joy, with anger, with tears, yelling, laughter, you name it. And their emotions impact everyone else in the family. They just do. We you know, we talk all the time and you've heard me say it before. And I say it all the time in my house, but emotions and attitudes and sin, all of those are contagious. So especially 
the negative ones. So if one person wakes up grumpy on the wrong side of the bed, I mean, by 10 o'clock, we are all grumpy and wanting to go back to bed. It's just, it's contagious. It's just like a virus. So as a parent, these emotional children, well, I will say it this way. As a parent, my emotional children have just drained me, honestly. And they, they stress me out. And they impact my own emotional levels. And I want to share a quick story. Um, I have permission to share this. Um, one of my oldest children um, had difficulty, just some sensory stuff and not anything severe. And I was a pediatric physical therapist and I recognized it and I felt like I could just, we could handle it inside of our own home, but just struggled with um, clothing sensations on their body. And um, it would trigger massive outbursts of anger and crying and just, I mean, if, if the socks were not laid across the toe just right, and for you mamas who know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. If the sock isn't laid across the toe just right, that child could not, they could not even stand up. Like they could not move forward in their day and we could not keep going. And it wasn't a matter of keep walking. You'll get used to it. It it was not going to work. And there was a lot of emotion packed into this little body. So I had to figure out a way to communicate with her that just the way she was created, there was awesome beauty but she wasn't created perfect. She was definitely going to need Jesus. And I think that that's that space where we're going to talk with life-giving words to our child and say, I see you. I see that God made you purposefully the way you are. But wrapped up in that layered into his creative hand is the fact that you also have flesh. And your flesh will desperately need Jesus and it will display poor behavior. And that's what we're going to discuss, right? So I will encourage you this conversation, the first time you have this conversation, the first five times you have this conversation, maybe even the first 10 times you have this conversation. Do not have this conversation when your child is highly emotional, Do not have it with them in the moment they are breaking down. Have this conversation in a time of good relationship, calm. Y'all are just hanging out, just time of loving time. So that's my first little rule is these kinds of conversations. Anytime we want to discuss with our child the way Jesus will set them free from something. We want their ears to really be turned on and tuned in. And so that means it needs to happen outside of the actual moment of whatever behavior you're addressing. So here's the word picture. I will go and I will take a cup from the kitchen and I will fill the cup with water all the way to the brim of the cup, all the way up. 
So it's just bubbling over the lip. And I'll have that child sit down with me at the counter. Um, and I, I'll put a towel down um, under the cup and set the cup up on top. And then I will begin to talk with my little one. And the way we want to start this is, remember, we've talked about this in ages and stages. But especially with our little children, we are introducing them to who God is. That is the first thing we are talking about with our kids. So even if you're trying this with your child and your child is 14, please, um, if I can encourage you, start back with the who. Remember, it's who, what, why, right? So we're going to start with the who, that God has made you. And he has made you exactly according to his plan. And he made you with a heart very full of emotion. Would you agree? And I'm going to ask a bunch of questions in here. I want to keep them engaged. This is not a lecture. This is a conversation because I want to help lead my child into self-awareness. I want them to look inward. I want them to examine and reflect on who they are. Not because I'm condemning who they are, but because I want them to be thinking, that is who I am. So I talk about the fact that God has made you with a cup, a heart full of emotions, just like this water cup is full of water. I mean, you have happiness and sadness and oh my goodness, you are so loving and you are so joyful and you can get so angry, right? And I'll like kind of laugh about that one. I mean, and can you think of any times where you've been like super, super happy lately and super, super sad and even super angry, right? So we're going to lead them to name those times. And I'll, and then I'll say, you know, this cup is really full of water. Just like your heart is really full of emotion. And your heart being full of emotion is a gift that God gave you. And mama, for perspective, it, I, I'm not, it is truly a gift for your child to have a heart full of emotion. It is beautiful. I want you to rest there for a second. It is beautiful. And we want to cast that vision long. Why would it be beautiful? Your heart has been given to you and it is so full. And it is a gift because you feel fully. You'll be able to love deeply. You'll be able to give of yourself. You will care for others and empathize for others. You are aware. And it is an amazing gift. God did not make a mistake here. I love the fact that God has made you with a full, full heart of emotion. And one day when you're a man or you're a woman, whichever one they are, right? So if they're my little girls, I usually say one day when you're a mama, how big your heart is, you will love your family so big. And if it's a boy, you know, you will love your wife and your children so big one day. And it's going to be a beautiful thing. And God will delight in it because he delights in you just the way he made you. These are the things that we affirm as we're holding this very full cup, right? So then I'll ask a question, though. I'll say, well, 
But you see this cup right here? What what would happen if I jiggled the cup? And obviously your child's going to be like, well, I mean, water's probably going to come out. And and so we talk about that. I'm like, well, what I mean, what if I just jiggled it? Like I just touched it. Would water come out? Maybe, right? But but probably not. Maybe. Maybe a little bit. Can If I've really filled it up well, a little bit will spill over the rim. And then if I'm, but what if I like, kind of push it a little bit, but like a quick poke. Oh yeah. It, ju- it jiggles a little bit and water comes out. And and what if I like just knocked it? Do you want me to knock it? I could knock it, you know, and they'll be like, no, don't knock it. Water's going to get everywhere. It's going to get all over me. And, and you can kind of laugh there for a minute and go, yeah, I mean, it's going to spill, isn't it? And they will agree, right? They're seeing it in action. And then I'll have this other cup. And this other cup is filled only three-fourths of the way full with emotion. It's filled, but it's not all the way to the rim. I said, well, what happens if I have this less filled cup? I replace the cups. And I said, what happens with this cup? What, what if I knock this cup, just touched it? Would anything come over the rim? No, that's obvious. What if, what if I poked it a little bit? Well, no, it just sloshes in there, jostles around. So really, it would take me knocking it over for the water to come out. And they'll say, yeah, yeah. It, you, or, you know, in a couple of months, we're like, well, I mean, like if you pick it up and really shake it, you could get some of the water to come out. And I'm like, you're right. You're right. If, if we shook it, some of the water would come out. And I begin to connect how God has made their heart full of emotion with the cup that is very full of water at this point, because I want to draw a connecting line. That says, the God who made you, and he doesn't make mistakes. Psalm 139 makes us a very confident that God has created you fearfully and wonderfully, right? Because Psalm 139, 13, 14, 15 are valuable scriptures to read out loud to your child in this conversation, putting their name into the, into the verse. So it would be uh, Timothy. God, God formed your inward parts. He knitted you together in my womb. And Timothy, he says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that your frame was not hidden from God. So you begin to, you begin to talk about the scripture in light of your child, first of all, right? But you're going to connect the emotional cup with your child. And you're going to say, you know, your heart right now is very full of emotion. So what happens if somebody knocks you over? And I don't mean just knocking you over physically, although your little people are going to think that way. And that's okay. They can think that way. They can, they can put this all inside the picture of something physical, because remember until they're somewhere around third, fourth grade, they are going to think very concretely. So they're going to literally, if you say knock or poke, they're going to think you really mean poking. So you need to be a little more clear with them. But you know, what, what would happen to your heart? What happens to your heart when you feel like someone is being mean to you? It's kind of the same thing that happens if I pick this cup up that's very full and I shake it. And I usually will pick up the cup and shake it, get water on us and, you know, 
It's okay. And they need to answer, right? The answer is, oh, if you're, if my heart is as full of emotion as this cup is full of water, which is, it's an easy word picture. It's an easy connection line for them. Then I'm going to, my emotions are going to spill out. And I use that verbiage. Your emotions are going to spill out. And sometimes, sometimes they're kind of fun emotions because you're like crazy happy and you're super joyful. But sometimes they're really hard emotions because you're crazy mad or you're really, really sad. And you know what happens is just like what happened with this cup all over the counter. What happened? And they'll say, well, there's, there's water everywhere. I'll say, yeah. Well, you know what happens with your emotions when you keep your emotions way up high in your cup, really up high, and you're super, super full, then when you get jostled, when something doesn't go your way, when you don't like what mommy's asking you to do, when it's time to go home from playing at a friend's house, when you um, feel like your feelings are hurt, when... uh you feel like you can't do something that you want to do well and you're struggling to do it. All those places that our children who are highly emotional tend to burst out. We want to name them inside of their lane, inside of their framework. You're splashing on all of us with your emotions and like your emotions are getting all over us and getting us all wet. And I'll be a little silly here because I want them understanding. I'm not mad that it's happening. I'm sharing with them what is happening. And so we will joke about how wet I might be or how wet somebody will. And, you know, I'll say like, think of the last time you were like really sad. And I'll let them think of something. I'll say, oh, my goodness. And you were just crying and crying and you wouldn't stop crying. And they're like, yeah. I was like, and like. We were wet. And what we want to begin to see in our little one's minds is this dawning on them that says, wait a minute. So the way I behave impacts people around me. It gets them wet. Now, honestly, if your children are older than that, those before third grade, they're going to catch this very fast. But if they're not, and we're going to take our time walking through this analogy, we're just talking about it, and we're making jokes, and it's funny, and I could say, yeah, and like, you know, and I've had some of my kids begin to volunteer other times where they've done something. I'm like, yeah, my shirt was soaking with all of your anger, all of your, I was just soaking wet, just like if I just took this cup and spilled it all over the counter, because I want to connect the visual with what is happening inside of them. And then I'm going to cast a long-term vision. Okay. So I affirm who they are and how God made them at the beginning. Then I open up this word picture and I discuss, I want to connect the word picture to who they are, how God made them and how it impacts others around them. And now I'm going to give them a long-term vision looking forward. Because when we parent our kids, it is not okay to parent for performance. That's me being stern in this podcast. 
It's not okay to parent for performance. We do not want them to perform well or to behave just because. That's nothing. That's not gospel. Jesus says, I know in your flesh, your heart is so full and you're so easily angered or you're so easily saddened. And I have come to rescue you. I have come to redeem you. I've come to pull your life out of the pit and make the fullness of me dwell inside of you so that in fullness, you can love well. And that is the long-term vision. Because long-term vision says that we're going to learn to love the way Christ loved. We're going to have the completeness of what love is in 1 Corinthians 13. We are going to be walking with others in a way that looks like Ephesians 4. We are going to be caring deeply for those around us. And so your kids who are full of emotion are going to be out front leading that pack. They will. And that's our long-term vision for them. They will. They have been created for this. They are part of the body that is the most needed for this. But right now, we need to begin to learn that super lot of emotion, a very full cup of emotion, unfettered, unsurrendered to Jesus, just left on its own, spills out on everybody and makes everybody soaking wet. And so we begin to talk this long-term vision of you are beginning to walk with Jesus. And as you begin to understand who Jesus is and you understand, oh, when I scream and yell and lose my mind, actually that's sin. It's what Jesus came to die for. That unbridled emotion that is mean. Jesus came to die for that. He loves you in the moment of all your loss of control, unbridled emotion. He loves you right there. And he came to die for you right there. But he didn't leave you alone. Even after that, he also came to set you free. And I want you to understand I am walking with you and I'm committed to walking with you into becoming a man or becoming a woman after God's own heart. And so we're going to have these conversations where I'm going to bring you aside and talk about, man, I, I think, I think your emotional cup is spilling over. And then what do we do about it? Right? So we have, um, affirmed how God made them. We have introduced the word picture. We've connected the word picture to them. We've introduced how the word, how the emotional cup impacts others and points out their need for a savior, right? Because flesh left to its own selfish ways is not what God wants. He came to set us free from that. And that's what Jesus did. So then we point to Jesus. And we're going to ask Jesus for help because he's your helper. He is your savior. He came to set you free and he came to help you with your emotional cup. He loves you just the way he made you. He created you for a purpose that calls for the heart that you have been given. You have kingdom purpose. We're affirming that long-term vision. And then we talk about Ephesians 2.10, or I do, where it talks about the fact that you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared in advance for you to do. 
He's already mapped it out. He knows what he wants you to do. And so as you seek him, and in the moments, the one I'm going to help walk you with, walk you through as you're growing up is in that moment when you know you're about to lose your mind, I am praying for you that you begin to tune into Jesus's voice, that you take a minute and that you just ask Jesus how you should respond. And it's not going to fix right away, mommy, moms and dads. It's not. And that's not going to fix right away. It's just not going to fix right away. But conversation after conversation, it, it will, you will begin to watch your child make choices to pause for a minute and just say, what, what would, where Jesus should I go? How Jesus should I respond? And then we want to equip them with a purpose So we lead our children to understand that you may struggle with your emotions right now, but long-term God is at work in you and he is offering to change you and to strengthen you while also providing and planning. And he has a kingdom purpose for the emotional parts of you. They are not to be killed. They are to be brought to surrender before Jesus. Now that's big talk for our little people. So the way I talk about it with my little ones is he loves you just the way he made you. He created you for a purpose. And as you begin to seek him, asking Jesus, how should I respond in this moment? He will answer you and meet you there. And then the very last thing I do is I give a secret. My child and I will have a secret language. We have a secret code or Depending on the child, uh, one of my children liked it to be like a hand motion and other ones, it was sufficient for me to walk over and go and just whisper in their ear, I feel like your emotional cup might be a little bit full and it's just a warning. So I'm, I am committing to walking alongside of this child and helping them begin to understand what does it mean to follow Jesus with a very full cup. What does it mean to bring this back before his throne and say, Jesus, what should I do? How should I respond versus just responding? And so that's what I'm beginning to equip my child to do. But this word picture gives me even the opportunity to say, so we're going to have a secret language so that when we're out or we're just sitting at the kitchen table with everybody else or wherever we are, I will give you a secret word or a secret sign and it will be like, hey, you, you might, your cup is filling up too high or it's splashing already. You're, you're, you're getting it all over people. It's unkind. And so they, that is a very effective last part of the word picture is the secret language. Because discipline should never shame a child. It, it, discipline should never shame a child. So if we invent a code to communicate concern, or we take it, come up with a way that we can alert that child, maybe before when we see the teapot top is starting to whistle, or even when it's already overflowing, we can help them not explode quite so often. And then as they grow because this is a long-term process, they're going to learn more and more 
to be alert to their own emotional levels, to be cognizant of what are some of the triggers. And as they get bigger, we're going to take it in those elementary and those middle school years into the what and the why. The what being, well, what is the sin? What are the struggles that I'm struggling with? And the why, why as a believer do I walk differently? What does my identity look like? And so together we learn to look to Jesus for longings, to calm fears, to meet emotional needs. And this word picture does a very effective job of communicating. And to this day, I have much, much older kids. And just a quiet question of how's your emotional cup? works very well. It also, when you get into the teen years and you ask that question, it is like knocking on the door of their heart and saying, I'd love to hear your heart. And they're willing to share it because they've learned to be aware of their heart. They've learned to understand that their heart is a beautiful place, but it also is a place of flesh and it needs Jesus. And there's not condemnation for that and you are on their team, and you are committed to them. So all of that word picture is written down on a sheet of paper, like a two-sided sheet of paper. It has some scriptures attached to it. It has a lot of verbiage you can use. It would maybe be a great resource for you. So you don't have to remember this. Of course, you can replay this as many times as you want, but... That may be a good resource. It is available on the show notes. There is a link that you can go and put in your email and I will send it to your email and you can print it up and use it, put it wherever you want it, share it with your husband and um, share it with your kids, especially if your kids are older. Just sit down with them with the sheet and say, do you think this might be something you struggle with? And begin to give them hope. Give them hope. Mama, Jesus is their hope. And he will be their life. That's what he wants to be for them. So you can find that in the show notes. And um, as always, please feel free to send me any questions. And if it's not clear, I would love to make it clear for you and help you with your child. Feel free to send me questions um, at bethanykimsey.com or you can DM me even over on Instagram. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.